the reaction uh, with the customers, right? When they started signing up to the service, the feedback we started receiving. And again, like, to be honest with you, Aaron, like it wasn't something, you know, which was like, oh, we just put it out there and it worked. I mean, there was a lot of uh, blood, sweat and tears, which went into getting uh, where it is today. Like, uh... Hey, what's up, everyone? Welcome back to Going Deep with Aaron Watson. My guest today, Abhi Gadara, is the founder of Writer. Now, if you're very online like me, you've probably come across or heard about GPT-3, which is an artificial intelligence that focuses on natural language processing. If you don't know what that means, basically it is a machine learning algorithm that is capable of replicating human language with very high degrees of fidelity. Basically, you read it and you wouldn't be able to tell that a machine wrote it. He has used that technology to develop a company called Writer that assists in blog post writing, sales copywriting, writing descriptions for YouTube videos, and all sorts of other interesting different applications. And it is something that we have started to use in a small capacity here at my company, Piper. So I wanted to talk with Abi not only about the origins of the product, but his intuition about where this is all going. Because once you start thinking about computers taking over writing from humans, uh, you, you get to some weird places relatively quickly. So good conversation will make you think. Here is Abi Gadara. You're listening to Going Deep with Aaron Watson. Bobby, welcome to the podcast, man. I'm excited to be talking with you. Yeah, likewise, Aaron. Glad to be here. So I want to start off with just giving you a chance to explain Writer. It's a software that I recently just bought access to. Um, and, you know, 90% of the time I buy a software and I just kind of carry on with my work and then all the other responsibilities that I have. And in rare instances, it is a compelling enough experience that I feel like I need to talk to the person behind it and try to understand it a little bit better and hopefully share a little bit with my audience uh, in terms of what you guys are up to. So uh, let's kick it off there. Well, thanks, Aaron. appreciate uh, you taking time out to check uh, Writer, I guess, and uh, glad it's been of some use to you. Um, and definitely not the first one who's come back with uh, a lot of questions in this case, uh, you know, all the way to a podcast interview. So, you know, definitely happy uh, to see the response we're getting and more than um, delighted to be here and answer any questions that you have. So can you explain the product for people that have not come into contact with it before? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, um, so Writer is basically an um, automated copywriting assistant that helps you generate uh, uh, copies for a range of use cases from blog, um, blog and articles to uh, social media posts, um, Google, LinkedIn, Facebook ads, uh, social bios. Uh, SEO, uh, meta title descriptions, product descriptions. So we support more than 40 plus use cases right now uh, in 30 plus languages. Uh, you know, So you can uh, create all sorts of content with just uh, literally a click uh, by giving some uh, basic input about your uh, product or service or uh, brand. And then Lighter do, Lighter do its magic uh, by giving you a lot of creative, original and authentic copies, uh, which are proven to be high converting. Um, and has led to a huge, huge, huge 
time saving for a lot of marketeers and entrepreneurs and of course led to uh, more business opportunities and uh, you know money uh, earning or saving opportunities and the underpinning technology that makes this possible is something that we've, we've talked about briefly in one other podcast, uh, but it's worth going deeper on just what it is and the role that it plays in your business. GPT-3, uh, which is spun out of the OpenAI project. Can you talk about specifically what that technology is and the kind of role that it plays in the product that you've developed? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, like most of the other uh, players in this space, um, you know, we are also using uh, GPT-3 from OpenAI as uh, the underlying sort of AI foundation for the platform. Uh, So GPT-3 is obviously the state of the art language AI right now in the market. Uh, which is trained on billions and billions of you know documents uh, from the internet going you know all the way back uh, uh, to sort of early uh, web 2.0 days uh, to fairly recently and uh, the idea is that you know it uh, looks at individual words uh, in the sequence and then based on the probability it kind of gives you uh, the right sort of word which might uh, uh, you know, fit uh, with that sentence or that paragraph. Now we are using that, and of course we have our own proprietary uh, layer of some sort of input uh, and output, you know, interventions like uh, filtering the content, um, formatting it, uh, using some of our uh, own sort of uh, uh, training data uh, to make it even more powerful and compelling. And most of that training data is again proprietary, and we use a lot of, uh, uh, you know. Um, uh, copywriting based techniques to actually come up with that uh, uh, you know data and then uh, the language also support that we provide uh, for, you know with 30 plus languages now covered by writer that's again pretty proprietary so we have our own sort of approach to translating uh, or sort of uh, showing content in different languages which has been one of our uh, core usps over the last few uh, well yeah since we went live pretty much and to I, I don't want to give too much credit to GPT three because you've also built a compelling product that like you know I I didn't otherwise know how to get access to something like this but there mm-hmm. is a degree to which your company writer basically gets to sit atop a wave of technological progress that you guys I, I, I'm sure you're paying for in some capacity but you aren't necessarily having to um, hire the lineup of engineers required to build that underlying infrastructure, you get to be the layer on top the same way that people have used Amazon Web Services as their kind of cloud solution to, to, to enable other forms of novel software. Is that a, a fair framing? Yeah, absolutely. And I think we're living in a pretty, uh, you know, amazing era right now, you know. So we had like internet and all sorts of, uh, you know, Web 2.0 kind of startups got built on top of it. You know, all the hard work was done by, you know, the the tooling and uh, the pipeline which was built. Then we had, uh, you know, these uh, bigger platforms like Amazon and, you know, other third party marketplaces where you can easily set up a shop and start selling your products and goods. Uh, Again, infrastructure is provided by these platforms. Again, blockchain or Web 3.0 is a great example where a lot of these uh, underlying sort of decentralization kind of infrastructure is already built. And then people are creating all sorts of, uh, you know, apps and uh, layers on top of it. And likewise uh, with AI now, uh, OpenAI has done a fantastic job, you know, in providing a really, um, you know, great quality of, uh, I would say, uh, layer, AI layer, uh, which can then be used by developers like us to build really delightful experiences for end users. 
So who do you see as the kind of customer for something like this? Because I, I'm not in the same business as you. I'm not selling software, but I do sell content in the form of videos and podcasts to other companies that want to produce that for themselves. And mm -hmm. it's pretty hard to not see everyone in some way, as in some way, shape or form in the content game, whether they're a law firm or an accounting firm or software company or a media brand. They're creating media in order to better market themselves, get yeah. sales, impact their brand, so on and so forth. So are, is there any real kind of constraints or boundedness or maybe just arenas in which you've found this sale to be relatively easy, at least in the early stages as a company? Yeah, good question. So, yeah, I mean, I mean, fundamentally, anyone who needs to write content can use our platform, right? Uh, uh, but uh, when we started out, uh, you know, we had to obviously focus on uh, kind of narrow uh, segments to make sure it was compelling enough and uh, you know there was clear value add so we initially targeted uh, uh, you know these kind of agencies small businesses entrepreneurs freelancers you know that kind of audience which was creating a lot of content and they needed content for different kind of use cases um, so we reached out to them and uh, we had like a great sort of initial product market fit and response uh, and then uh, we started scaling into you know kind of uh, small teams uh, in businesses right uh, so these companies and their professionals small departments and uh, um, you know organizations they started using the tool uh, to create copies for their own use cases like job descriptions in hr department email writing in <clears throat> some you know sales departments customer support queries um, you know all sort of stuff and then we launched our team plans and we saw a lot of uh, interest in 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 that field as well and now there are folks from you know different kind of uh, segments altogether you know that we didn't imagine so there is like definitely youtubers who are using it for creating video titles channel descriptions descri and uh, more recently we launched our api uh, which is now allowing us to penetrate into bigger enterprises and the third party applications who can use our capabilities to allow their end users to create content within their apps that seems like it has to be a part of the product roadmap because you know uh, a single one-off user, whether, you know, I, I think I found you guys through AppSumo and I bought the the lifetime deal or whatever, but you're really trying to get them on some sort of recurring revenue. But there's a, a hard truth of, you know, selling software to SMBs or sole proprietors, you always run into really high rates of churn just by the nature of small businesses always kind of being hyper cost conscious. Whereas if you can deliver value to the at the enterprise level, not only are they probably going to retain you for longer, uh, but pay substantially larger contracts. So I'm imagining that's part of the, the kind of climb upwards as you guys gain, you know, more use cases and legitimacy and that kind of go to market motion. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, you know, that's definitely there. But luckily, uh, we've had uh, our churn intact and a lot of people have stuck around for a really long, long, uh, um, you know, time now. Um, so I think there is definitely a right balance we have struck in terms of value and uh, the price. And people really appreciate uh, the kind of, you know, um, quality that we're giving uh, and how affordable the whole platform is uh, for a lot of these small businesses and uh, you know, early stage startups or, you know, kind of independent uh, developers or freelancers. How did you come up with the pricing model? Because there are other, I mean, GPT-3 is a, an accessible tool to other companies. So you're partially trying to compete with them. You're partially trying to find differentiation. Yeah. How did you think about that? Yeah, I mean, so we looked around, right? Before we started last year, there was like, 
lot of competition in the space already uh, you know we were not the first ones obviously uh, there were some leading even venture back companies uh, that were you know there in the market but uh, again putting uh, sort of our product cap uh, you know on and then looking in the market we realized there is definitely a big gap uh, the experience offered was not you know up to the mark and the quality was absolutely you know not there so we thought we could deliver a much more i would say refined experience you know for the value at a fraction of the cost that these people are charging and that kind of uh, worked really well um, and we did a lot of unit economics calculations um, and then realized that you know word of mouth is definitely one of the big areas which we can drive and that led to you know those kind of explosive uh, product led growth kind of uh, scenarios for us um, because again we are not spending too much on customer acquisition cost as such right uh, so that kind of again goes back to the cost savings for us and then of course maintaining the service affordable for our end customers I mean, I know that, I mean, not only did I want to get you on the podcast, I know I've shown other people the software. I've been like, just watch what this thing can do. It has a natural component to it where the marketing is built in. Yeah. You show someone, hey, I typed these, you know, 30 words and it created three paragraphs worth of content for me off of those 30 words. Very kind of broad keyword type of stuff. Right. Um, and it, and it's, it's like a light bulb goes on. In the sense that you've never, if, if you've never seen a light bulb go on before, the first time you're like, "Well, that's going to change things," right. and I'm just not sure precisely how. Yeah, no, that's that's the reaction we get a lot actually, and there's so many love letters to written to me, the team, and our support. Uh, you know, I'd love to share them with the world one day, but yeah, uh, it's like crazy kind of uh, you know responses and love that we've received from people, and which is what keeps us going, to be honest. So as someone working in this space where, where an AI is able to candidly write better than most people and, and write in a way that if you're familiar with the Turing test, which is this you know concept of someone communicating with someone and not sure if it's a human or an artificial intelligence, uh, being one of these major, major pillars or tent poles in the kind of development of computer science, what are your thoughts? Do you, do you think that that you know the kind of standard content writer online goes by the wayside? Like what what do you think is going to happen here? Yeah, I mean that's that's a great you know question, and of course there is a lot of uh, you know people who had um, you know concerns, I guess, when this thing came out. Uh, but uh, I have repeatedly uh, you know maintained this view that it's not there yet, and I don't think it will. It should be seen as a replacement for any of the you know copywriters or content writers out there if anything it will just make their work uh, you know more efficient and effective uh, because they can now focus on more value adding tasks uh, like emotional touches to the copies understanding the target audience better uh, you know fine tuning the drafts that they're doing so they can focus on more value added work and let ai do you know a lot of legwork which was uh, earlier done by these folks so we would say that like 70 to 80 uh, percent can be done by AI, but uh, to give it that human touch, to make it more sort of customized, appealing for the end users, you know, you definitely need a human in the loop. And that's why, uh, again, sorry, that I just wanted to share like a little bit of philosophy about uh, what we, uh, how we see uh, this whole technology in this space. Uh, because from day one, we have maintained this view uh, that we are not here to encourage content factories, right? Uh, there is a lot of people who give you like uh, mindless uh, sort of uh, ways to actually keep generating content by just tapping a button. Uh, so we are definitely not one of them. We realize that this is not there yet. And there is a lot of responsibility 
uh, and uh, uh, you know involvement that is needed from the end user so we encourage people to generate like small blobs of text uh, text and review that content amend it edit it uh, and make sure it factually you know holds up there and then uh, eventually they can publish right so we see a huge role of copywriters content writers or any kind of uh, humans you know in the loop uh, so it it is not there and i don't think it will be there uh, you know uh, where you can just get rid of uh, any kind of uh, uh, humans uh, from the whole exercise or the workflow. Yeah, I think it. My, my interpretation is it's not a finished product. Like I'm not ready to yeah. only read an artificial intelligence writer and give up on all my favorite authors by any stretch of the imagination. Correct. And the real thing is there's there's a and I'm I'm definitely in this category. A whole contingent of people that struggle with writer's block, and sometimes the yeah. most kind of you know sticking point is the blank screen, the blank canvas with no words on it, and just any sort of momentum going. Uh, but if you kind of have some some chunks, and you can reorganize and reword, and and start to even just see something on the screen, it starts to get you going in that same way. So I think that that's a important contextualization for a tool like this. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And that's one of the major, major sort of, uh, uh, I would say, reasons why people use these tools, actually. It's not for like, you know, kind of uh, uh, just letting a robot write your copies, but it's more about, you know, uh, fueling their sort of creative uh, imagination and then coming up with uh, new ideas, new sort of uh, line of thinking and thoughts, which can give uh, at least some some push uh, towards, you know, uh, that initial writer's block, I guess. So yeah, so that's definitely one of the use cases. And that is where the Eureka moment is, right? When you first time use a product like this, oh, wow, I didn't realize uh, you can get so many ideas <laughs> just by clicking a button. Absolutely. So uh, let's talk about your creativity a bit. And you know, this isn't the first company that you've started, but you know, at least from an outsider's perspective, it seems to have a ton of momentum and a trajectory that, you know, it the, the standard entrepreneurial story for 99% of people is that they ran a whole bunch of experiments. There were, you know, singles before home runs, false starts before you actually got off the line uh, cleanly. What has some of the background been that prepares you to scale a software startup like this? Yeah, um, you know, great uh, sort of question. And of course, um, there's a lot of things that have to go right, uh, Aaron, like for something like this to work, right? Um, you know, it, it it was like, I would say, this overnight success was six years in the making. <laughs> so it has actually taken that much time uh, and, uh, you know, effort. Uh, and of course, uh, I have my whole sort of personal story, which I'll share with the world hopefully someday. But yes, uh, you know, there has been a lot of learnings. I have you know, when I launched my own sort of startup studio come incubator, uh, you know, we have worked on a lot of products over the years, uh, peer-to-peer marketplaces, chatbot platforms, uh, you know, blockchain technology, um, and then, of course, uh, AI writing tools. Um, but it was always, you know, one thing or the other, which was probably uh, kind of, uh, uh, you know, lacking. So the product was the product was great there was uh, traction as well we scaled it to millions of users then either it was the monetization which was challenging or fundraising was challenging or you know the scaling of the product was challenging but in this case like things came together right uh, we learned from those experiments those uh, sort of uh, uh, you know those history of uh, partial successes outright failures uh, and then you know brought all of that together into a delightful sort of product and uh, the growth strategies that we have, uh, you know, uh, honed over the years, um, literally worked. 
was there a point at which you realized this one was different? Like where were you like, oh, this is a different degree of product market fit that, you know, hadn't necessarily happened with HelpTap or some of the other companies that you started? Right, right, right. Yeah, I don't think, uh, yeah, I mean, in, in the early days, I think we could see the the reaction uh, with the customers, right? When they started signing up to the service, the feedback we started receiving. And again, like, to be honest with you, Aaron, like it wasn't something, you know, which was like, oh, we just put it out there and it worked. I mean, there was a lot of uh, blood, sweat and tears, which went into getting uh, where it is today. Like, uh, you know, in the early days, like it was literally like days uh, and nights, you know, we spent uh, just coding and then answering to the request, building an amazing uh, support, you know, system that we have uh, and all sorts of things, actually small, small things uh, in the end uh, turned out to be like the kind of uh, things which we converted people, you know, to our platform. Uh, so they loved the experience. They loved the support we were providing. They loved the sort of the whole uh, sort of thoughtful touches and uh, the personalized sort of emails that we were sending. So all of that stuff uh, actually uh, you know, worked in our favor. But again, it wasn't, it, it is never, you know, uh, just launch a product and things will work. Right. Um, so last question here, and then we can aim towards wrapping up. Sure. Can uh, So I came across you guys on AppSumo, and that's a platform that in the last couple of years has become substantially larger and more significant in the realm of launching new software products. Um, I think I've heard something of like 1,100 different um software tools or, or kind of tools that are currently for sale on that platform. Right. Um, so can you just talk specifically about that experience as an entrepreneur selling their product on AppSumo, uh, you know, what the benefits were, why you were attracted to it and the impact? Yeah, I mean, again, I was, I've been tracking AppSumo for a long time and, uh, you know, there was definitely a lot of, I think the reason why we went with AppSumo was the target audience, right? That's That was the target audience that I wanted to tap, you know, like I mentioned, uh, you know, small businesses, solopreneurs, uh, and a lot of these, uh, you know, Sumo links actually come from that sort of background uh, and they have their own businesses or agencies that they're running. So we thought the, the overlap was there and, um, you know, having seen, uh, um, you know, success of kind of a lot of SaaS products there, uh, we thought, uh, you know, we could also do a good job. Uh, so, yeah, we launched there immediately. People, you know, snapped up and uh, the deal and uh, started raving about us uh, on different platforms uh, using the service. And then, uh, you know, again, till two day, I actually sent personalized emails uh, to a lot of Sumo links myself, uh, you know, about the service, about their experience, uh, you know, learning from them. So, yeah, there's... Um, Definitely a lot of feedback which we received from the Sumo links in the early days, which was super helpful uh, because without that, I don't think uh, we would be able to really hone in on the experience that was uh, needed uh, to you know drive things home. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think uh, that was definitely uh, useful for us um, and the audience that we were targeting. And by the way, we were Sumo deal of the year, actually, on AppSumo. I believe it because I, you know, I get their emails and candidly, there's a lot of stuff that seems super derivative. It doesn't, I mean, even, even the design of, of your website, it has the little like handwriting emoji and the favicon and, you know, it, it's, it's got like the tech, like R-Y-T-R instead of like the kind of standard vowels or whatever that like, I don't know, the whole thing is just well-crafted and it, it, it clearly there is 
one if not many craftsmen behind it in order to make that possible and uh I was excited to get you on the podcast here to talk about it. Um, I'll be anything before I ask our standard last two questions, anything else that you were hoping to share today that I just didn't give you a chance to? No, that's fine. I mean, so writer is like, um, you know, definitely um, doing well and we would love to have more potential writers, wannabe writers join us so we can help them scale their content writing and copywriting efforts. Um, but I'm also sort of founder and CEO of this, uh, you know, a web 3.0 startup platform that we are launching soon. Uh, for entrepreneurs um, and small businesses, um, you know, to sort of uh, manage, grow and uh, launch their business from one place. Um, so it's going to be out soon. So if you are an entrepreneur listening to this podcast, stay tuned because there is some really, really awesome stuff which is uh, coming out your way. So so t- talk us through that. You've got one company that's working and you're launching another one. Is it you're a workaholic? Are you delegating? Like, what are the skills that make that possible? Yeah, I mean that that's been that's been in the making for a long time, actually. So um, you know, so Writer was one of the flagship products that you saw, which worked out. It's part of the same, you know, parent company, and we incubated, and now it's like uh, on its own. Uh, but that parent company was like a startup incubator of sorts, where again, I have like more than a decade of startup experience, and I know uh, exactly the kind of frustration, the pain. Uh, that entrepreneurs and early stage companies have to go through uh, launching, growing and scaling their businesses. Uh, So based on that, and of course, all the uh, sort of effort about community building, bringing people together, whether it is employees, your customers, your investors, stakeholders, you know, uh, so we want to build that ethos and Web 3.0 philosophy and build an all-in-one startup platform where any kind of entrepreneur anywhere in the world will be able to launch and scale their ideas, uh, you know, cross borders and uh, um, have a community around them to actually support. So that's the kind of experience you want to provide. And again, that is based purely on my learning and experiences over the years. So, yeah. And the good part is most of it will be free. (laughs) Amazing. Um, Well, if people want to learn more about that, about you, um, all the different things that you have your hands in, what digital coordinates can we provide people to learn more? I think Twitter is the best channel. So if anybody is interested, just hit me up on uh, Twitter. Uh, I can be reached at abh1manyu. Uh, that's my Twitter handle. I'll be happy to yeah, maybe post it in comment or somewhere else uh, after the podcast. Perfect. We are going to get that. We're going to link it in the show notes uh, in the app where you're probably listening to this or at goingdeepwithaaron.com slash podcast for every single episode of the show. Before I let you go, Abi, I want to give you the mic one final time to issue an actionable personal challenge to the audience. Yeah, definitely. Actually, this is something which I was actually thinking uh, at the start of this year because um, I don't know if many people are aware of that, but uh, how to start a business was the most one of the most Googled items last year. So it seems like a lot of people have uh, started taking entrepreneurship as a viable career option, which is great because I think the world needs more entrepreneurs and uh, startups. Um, so uh, if that's uh, something which you are also looking to do, uh, here is a challenge for you. Uh, you know, come up with one business idea, launch a website or a simple blog. It doesn't matter and write content. Uh, and we'll be more than happy to give you like all the sort of initial freebies that you need. So we have a free plan on writer so you can use it to create your landing page copies, your blog, uh, and then just get it out there. Uh, you know, so my challenge would be in the next week, if you can find one or two ideas that you are passionate about, launch it, let it out, uh, you know, and share it with the world. Um, and you have all the tools that you need to make it happen easily and free of cost. A hundred percent. 
And and that's really the starting point, right? Is because, you know, you got to have a quality pro uh, product in order to sell to someone, but you need to have their attention first before you're even capable of selling them something. So the, exactly. the content there is the uh, top of the funnel that makes all the difference. That's a, a lovely challenge. I love it. Yeah, cool. Abi, this has been fantastic. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Likewise, Aaron, thanks for having me. And yeah, uh, look forward to working with you, I guess, going forward. Yeah, we just went deep with Abi Gadara. Hope out there has a fantastic day. Hey, thank you so much for listening to the end of my conversation with Abi. If you enjoyed it, then I would encourage you to hit subscribe. We have a collection of really big interviews coming down the pipe, including some including one of the biggest business podcasters on the planet and someone who is a master at investing in seed stage SaaS companies. All that and a lot more in future episodes. Hit subscribe. Thanks for listening. Connect with Aaron on Twitter and Instagram at AaronWatson59.